0: In 1 Kings chapter 6 and verse 1 we read And it came to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel in the month Ziph which is the second month that he began to build the house of the Lord. Verse 37, in the fourth year was the foundation of the house of the Lord laid in the month Ziph. And in the eleventh year, in the month Bull, which is the eighth month, was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof, and according to all the fashion of it. So was he seven years in building it. And it came to pass... In the 480th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month Zif, which is the second month that he began to build the house of the Lord. And it came to pass that which God had promised That which God had promised unto King David that his son would build an house unto the Lord, that which God had promised to Solomon came to pass. Solomon was brought to the throne. Solomon reigned over Israel in a time of peace, the wars of his father David being brought to an end. Solomon began to build the house of the Lord it came to pass now this phrase it came to pass is a phrase we often read in the scriptures but we read it in some places more than others in this very book 1st Kings we read this phrase 41 times it came to pass Came to pass. Just as the Lord determined, just as He purposed, just as He would, just at the right time, it came to pass. Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in the four hundred and eightieth year after the children of Israel would come out of the land of Egypt. It came to pass, just then. It came to pass. Elsewhere, for example, in Luke's gospel, we read this phrase used. In Luke's gospel, it's used 40 times. It came to pass. This is in contrast to the three other gospels. As One of them it's only used four times, but Luke uses it repeatedly. It came to pass. And in the book of Acts, which Luke went on to write, he also uses it multiple times there. It's a phrase that Luke deliberately and repeatedly used, it came to pass. Why did he use it there? Because in Luke's gospel, Luke is setting forth Christ in a certain light. The gospels each set him forth in a different role in a certain light. The same Christ but presented in a certain manner to show forth a certain Part of his work and character in Luke, Christ is the saviour. And he comes with the salvation of the Lord. He comes as God's promised saviour to his people, bringing salvation. And as Jonah said, salvation is of the Lord. God sends it, he's the saviour. It happens according to his sovereign rule and his purpose. So Luke repeatedly stresses, it came to pass. Nothing could prevent it. Just as God determined, he sent his son. He sent salvation. He finished the work. All that was determined came to pass. And here in 1 Kings this great work of Solomon's in building the temple of the Lord, this wondrous house, built so carefully, built so meticulously, built so gloriously, from stone and timber, and overlaid with gold, this wondrous house built for the Lord, in seven years, began to be built in the 400 years an 80th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt, at the exact time that God determined, in the exact manner that he determined, in the exact way that he determined, this house was built. Nothing could prevent it. It came to pass. Men may purpose and plan and hope to bring things to pass. But so often their plans are thwarted. When men plan, they're not in control. They have some measure of control of those things within their realm, but they're not in control. They don't control the weather, they don't control the times and seasons, they can't control what others may do. They may purpose to do something, and then they're delayed and they're hindered. Or it does not come about as they would. Or it's delayed. So often when men purpose to build something, it takes longer than they hoped. It costs more than they hoped. They have to reduce the scale of what they originally envisioned. We see this time and again. Men plan. Men purpose. But they're not in control. But with God, it is sure and it is certain what he purposes to come to pass, comes to pass. He is sovereign. He is a king. He is a lord. He rules. He rules over all things. He rules over all men All women, all children, all countries, all nations. He rules over the entire world. He rules over time and eternity. He rules. He's sovereign. He does just as he wishes, when he wishes, as he wishes. He's God. And when he says something will happen, it comes to pass. In Isaiah 43 we read... I will work and who shall let it? Who shall resist? Who shall stop my hand? Who shall prevent me? When God says this shall happen, it happens. When God determined that a temple would be built, it was built at the right time, in the right place, by the right king, in the right manner, in the right way. It came to pass. And when God determined to send his son as a saviour into this sinful, evil world to save his people from their sins, it came to pass. He came at the right time, in the right place, in the right way. He did what he determined to do. He died the death that he must die in order that sinners should live it came to pass and every one for whom christ died every one for whom he came is and shall be and will be saved it comes to pass yes this temple was built it came to pass at the perfect time According to God's sovereign purpose, His eternal decree, He brought it to pass at the perfect time, 480 years after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel. It came to pass 480 years after the children of Israel will come out of the land of Egypt. This temple was not built a year late or a year early. It was built at the exact time that God would have it built. And this time is full of meaning. 480 years. 40 times 12. 480. After... Israel was delivered from captivity in Egypt. 40 in the Bible is used repeatedly as a time of testing, as a time of proving. Moses was caused to wait 40 years before he would be sent back to Egypt to deliver God's people. From Pharaoh's bondage. Christ was sent. Into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. To be proved and tried. As the devil tempted him. And here. Israel. Had waited. 480 years. 12 times 40. 12 times times of proving before the foundations of the house of the Lord were laid. Twelve being the number of the covenant, the foundation of the Lord. He had twelve tribes in Israel and he sent twelve apostles of the Lamb to preach his gospel when Christ arose from the dead. Each of the 12 tribes were thoroughly proved 480 years. And the temple was not built until this had been accomplished. The foundations were laid 12 times. And each foundation had been proven 12 times. Times 40, 480 years. When that time was complete, when those 12 tribes, as it were, when the 12 foundations of the house, pictorially, visually, when the foundations had been laid, when the foundations had been proven, then God raised up Solomon to build the house. What Solomon laid with physical stones as a physical foundation of this house on earth was pictured spiritually by the 12 foundations of God, each proven over 40 years. When that time had gone by, when his work in his people had come to its conclusion, then this house... Could be built up not a moment before and not a moment after. It came to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt. The temple began to be built then. It came to pass. Nothing could stop it. Nothing could delay it nothing could hasten it it came to pass then then once god had delivered his people out of egypt when he had spiritually delivered them out of sin and darkness and captivity the captivity of their sin when he brought his people out And thoroughly proved them in the wilderness, and thoroughly proved them in the land of promise at the right time when his work was done, when his work was complete, he brings them, as it were, into his house. A picture of his salvation of his people. He comes unto them into the in the captivity of their sin in this world. He comes unto them with his gospel. And he delivers them out of Egypt. He gives them life. He points them unto Christ, their saviour, and brings them forth. Brings them out through the Red Sea. And delivers them from their captivity, from the bondage of their sin. But then he proves them as he leads them through the wilderness of this world. Through this pilgrimage of time. Until that day that he then leads them. Into eternal glory and brings them into his house at the perfect moment brings them into that peace and that rest of eternal glory it came to pass how did this come to pass the building of this house didn't just happen this phrase is not just a phrase of this just happened It's a determinate phrase. It happened when God would have it happen. It came to pass at the right time in the right way. 480 years after Egypt, four years of Solomon's reign. And the temple was seven years in the building. With the finest craftsmen. The finest materials. The finest cedars of Lebanon, the fir trees, the olive trees, the finest stones, the finest gold. Oh, the workmanship which went into this. This didn't just happen, but it came with great effort over great time and at great pain. It cost. It cost. All of course, a picture of salvation in Christ. Christ would come as God determined, as God promised, he would send a Savior, he would send Messiah. Repeatedly throughout the scriptures, he's prophesied of. The Son is promised, the Savior is promised, he will come. But he could not come a moment too soon. Or a moment too late, he came in the fullness of time. When all things were ready, just as God purposed, just as God determined. When all had come to pass, just as God would have it. When everything was ready, then Christ entered into the darkness of this world. He came spiritually after the 480 years had passed, at the right time in the right place in the right manner the seed of david of david's line the exact lineage from david as promised the exact lineage from abraham and isaac and jacob he came he came at the right hour in the right place bethlehem He came in the right circumstances. He came just as God would have him. He fulfilled every promise of the prophets made concerning him, where he would be born, how he would be. He was rejected by all men. He came unto his own and his own received him not. He had nowhere to lay his head. He was a man who knew poverty like none other. He had no home. He had nowhere to lay his head. No one wanted him in this world. God came in the person of Jesus Christ. God himself, Emmanuel, God with us, came into this world that wanted him not. Came into a world that had rejected him. Came into a world that despised him. Came into into a world that had no time for him. Came unto a people that had no time for him. He came unto his own and his own received him not. He came into the darkness. The light of God shone in the darkness. And the darkness did not receive him. But he came just as promised. And though no one wanted him, though no one sought him, though no one was prepared for his coming, though no one cared for him, though in the end, even the disciples scattered. At that hour, when Christ was betrayed, at that hour, when he must lay down his life for sinners, though all deserted him, It was exactly as God determined. It came to pass. It came to pass. This carpenter, Christ, this stone squarer, this king, wrought in perfection. He wrought salvation in perfection. He came... As the only man that ever lived who lived righteously. He manifested the righteousness of God. He shone as the light of God in the midst of darkness. He did all things according to the Father's will. He lived for the glory of the Father. He lived by faith. He looked beyond the outward circumstances, beyond the opposition, beyond the hatred, beyond what he could see with a natural eye. He looked beyond the hatred of the Jews, beyond the stoning, beyond the rejection. He looked to the cross. He looked beyond the cross unto a people who were his, for whom he would die. By his blood he would washed them from their sins. He looked to that people who he would cleanse, whom he would redeem, whom he would ransom, whom he would save. He looked to that people who would rise with him when he rose from the grave, who would ascend with him when he ascended unto his Father, who would sit down with him in spiritual places on high with him in glory. He looked to that people whom he would lead forth into his temple. But to build that temple for them cost him his life. It cost him his life. Yes, he came at the appointed hour. He came, as it were, after 480 years when the 12 foundations of his temple were laid, as it were. When each had been proven 40 years each. When the foundations of his temple were laid, then he came and then he suffered in the darkness at the cross. It took seven years, seven perfect years for Solomon to build this temple. It took three hours in the darkness for Christ to suffer for the sins of his people. It took three days from the day he died to when he rose on the third day to build that temple again. Destroy this temple, he said, and I shall build it again in three days. He wrought perfectly the building of his temple as pictured by the perfect building of the physical temple that Solomon built in seven years. But what cost Solomon And what cost the people of Israel in that day? What cost those craftsmen? What efforts they put in? What they endured, what they suffered to build that house? Was a pale picture, a faint imitation of just what it cost Christ to build his temple. It cost him his life. Because Christ came in the fullness of time at the appointed hour to die for sinners. To die for his people. To die for sinners like you and I. Rebels. Those who hate God. Those who have no time for him. No time for his son. No time for his gospel. Rebels. He came to die for sinners like you and I, for the dead, so that he who is life could give us life. He who was life gave his life for those who were dead, for those who were full of sin, full of death. He gave his life to bring the dead to life to bring dead sinners everlasting eternal life to bring them righteousness to bring them salvation O sinner a rebel what do you know of this life this righteousness this salvation Has God brought you to hear the Son of God? Has he brought you to hear this gospel? Has he brought you by his Spirit unto life? Has he given you faith to look beyond the darkness unto the light to see the Saviour risen in your stead? To see him. To see him on the cross, to see him crucified in your place, to see yourself crucified there in Christ, to see yourself dead in Christ and alive in Christ, to see your old man crucified and to see yourself risen again in Christ alive in a new man of grace. Has God given you faith to look upon him and to see your salvation and to see what it cost him? Has God come by his spirit in the gospel unto you and given you life? Has it come to pass? It came to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel. In the month Zif, which is the second month, that he began to build the house of the Lord. Has the Lord begun a work in you? Has he begun to take you as a stone and place you in his temple? Has it come to pass? Christ came spiritually after 480 years into the darkness of this world to begin the work of building his temple to begin that perfect work that seven year work of building his temple from stones from dead stones from dead sinners like you and I to gather them To hew them out of the rock. To fashion them. To cleanse them. To make them anew. To take them and to put them in their place in his temple one by one. One by one. We read in this chapter of the great work of the temple being built, of the dimensions and the ways it was built. We read how the stones were not built, were not worked upon in the temple. They were all worked upon outside. And the house when it was in building was built of stone made ready before it was brought thither. So that there was neither hammer, nor axe, nor any tool of iron heard in the house while it was in building. There was no building in the temple. Everything was prepared, everything was ready and brought in. And so Christ came into the darkness of this world. He comes by his spirit to where his people are. And he fashions them, he prepares them. He breaks them. He shows them what they are. He shows them what they are as sinners. He shows, them, he shows us our sin. He shows us our depravity. He shows us our need. He so works in our life, it comes to pass, that he works by his spirit to show us what we are, to show us our need of salvation. Before we're brought to that point, of having our eyes open by faith to see the Saviour and to be taken and laid in His temple. This can be a long work. This can be a painful work, a costly work. It's not something we like, it's something that breaks us. As sinners, we don't want Him. We don't want to hear, we don't want to know, we don't want to know that we're sinners. We don't want to know that we're depraved. We don't want to know that we're in darkness. We don't want to know that we're evil. And we don't want to know of a sovereign God who brings salvation according to his purpose. We'll come to a God that will receive those who choose to follow him. We'll, we'll follow our God. We'll make our own decision in our time according to our wisdom. We don't mind bringing things to pass by our own will or our own works. We'll follow a God whom we fashion. We'll follow an idol. We'll do what we will. But we have no time for a God who brings things to pass at his time, in his manner, in his way. We have no time for the sovereign God of the scriptures, the God that Solomon worshipped. We've no time for the Christ that came when he would come and laid down his life at the appointed hour and who delivered his people, each one, every one, according to his choice, his determination, his election, according to the grace of God. We've no time for that, God. And as such, when God begins to work in our hearts, he has to chisel away at us. He has to work on us. He has to break us. He has to bring us down low. He has to humble us. It's a long work. A painful work. A costly work. Something we don't want. But something we need. And should God come unto us in the darkness and find us and show us what we are? What a day that is. What a day should God come in the person of his Son, unto those who know nothing but warfare, nothing but enmity, nothing but sin, nothing but darkness, those who are in turmoil, as it were. Should the Prince of Peace come our way and bring us peace? Should he come and preach salvation unto those who are captives in Egypt? Should he deliver us and lead us forth by the right way and bring us into his eternal kingdom, into his temple, into his house? Should he do that, we will see that as a glorious day, a wonderful day. We didn't seek him, he seeks us. We didn't bring it to pass he brings it to pass but oh what a salvation he has wrought and what a house he has built of which Solomon his kingdom his house the temple were but faint pictures yes it came to pass after four hundred and eighty years 480 years after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign, he began to build. And in the eleventh year, in the month Bull, which is the eighth month, was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof and according to all the fashion of it. So was he seven years in building it. Seven years. This was a temple built to perfection built in seven years, a perfect house for a perfect God. Of course, but a picture, that which was on earth, that which Solomon built, though glorious, was but a picture of the greater glory of God's eternal house. This house that Solomon built cannot be found today. This house was destroyed But in building it for seven years, in building it in the manner he built it, it's a great picture of the perfection of God's house and the perfection of God's salvation. God's work of salvation in building his church, in building his temple, in saving sinners, in saving sinners from the grave, from their captivity and delivering them from Egypt, God's work is perfect. It comes to pass. It's built to perfection in seven years. He saves all whom he purposes to save. He saves everyone at the right time, the perfect time. He works in their hearts in the right way, the perfect way. He takes every stone from its place. And fashions it as he would fashion it. And puts it in the right place in his house. His temple is built perfectly, wondrously. From the right timber. With the right stones. With the right gold. Fashioned in a perfect manner. With the cherubim's. And the wings of the cherubims touching the walls and touching each other. The oracle built just as it should be. The holy of holies just as it should be. The ark of the covenant placed in the right place. The mercy seat where it should be. Everything built to perfection. It came to pass. It came to pass in Solomon's day. Man could not hinder it. The nations round about could not prevent it. Those nations which had been at war with Solomon's father David for so many years. Those nations which had been fighting the children of Israel even in Canaan. Those nations which had caused so much trouble to them. Could not prevent the commencement and the completion of the building of the temple at the exact time that God determined it should be. Solomon came to the throne after his father David passed away and Solomon's reign was a reign of peace. There was peace in the land. God granted peace. He brought the circumstances such that this temple should be built. Man could do nothing to stop it. He could not stop it. He could not prevent it. He could not delay it. And man could not bring it to pass a day early. David wished to build this house, but God would not have it. He could not build it according to his desire. God would have it built. And God said, thy son will build it. In the right way at the right time. It came to pass just as God determined. For God is sovereign. And what he did in the building of the temple, he does in the building of his house and the salvation of his people. The will of man could not bring to pass the building of this temple, nor could it stop it from coming to pass. The works of man could not bring it to pass and they could not prevent it. And the will of man cannot bring salvation to pass and nor can it prevent it and the works of man cannot save a sinner from their sins and nor can they prevent it should God come and say thou art mine when Jesus passes by a blind man on the wayside at the right time at the right hour And touches his eyes and cause him to see. There's nothing that that blind man could do to bring that to pass or to prevent it. And should God come our way, should he come your way in his gospel. And teach you what you are. And give you a need, a desire for salvation. Should he show you the sinner that thou art and give you a desire for righteousness, for life, for salvation, should he open your eyes to see his son, Christ, crucified in your place. There's nothing that you will have done. There's no decision you will have made and no works that you will have wrought. There's nothing you will have done to have brought that day to pass. And there's nothing that you could do to prevent it. It is the grace of God that brings salvation. The will of God that saves a sinner. It is the purpose and the determinate counsel of God to save his people from their sins. It's God that brought this to pass. Just as he determined it should. And it's God that saves his people. Has he come your way? Are you sat as a blind man by the wayside? Are you sat as a lame man, unable to move, unable to walk? Are you like Lazarus, laying dead in the grave? Should God be pleased to save you and open your eyes and lead you unto salvation? It will come to pass. We read of this in many places. If you read through the scriptures. So often you will read it came to pass. On a specific day. At a specific time. In a specific way. Christ would come. And find the sinner. And give them life. We read in Esther. How Esther came to the king. Now it came to pass. On the third day, on the third day, that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house, over against the king's house, and the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house, over against the gate of the house. Oh, what a picture of salvation! When Christ was nailed to the cross. When he cried out, it is finished, he had taken away the sins of all his people. And on the third day, early in the morning, he arose. And all his people, clothed in righteousness, clothed in royal apparel, rose with him. And all his people were led forth into the king's house in the inner court of the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house. And they are brought as a bride, as the queen before the king. Their saviour, their lord. It comes to pass. For Esther, she was brought in her royal apparel before the king. On the third day it came to pass. What of you? What of you? When God determined that Solomon should build his temple, it was built at the right hour, at the right time, in the right way. And when God determines to save a sinner from their sins, they are saved at the right hour, in the right manner, in the right way. Always through the preaching of the gospel. Always by the Spirit of God coming unto them and bringing them life. Always through the person and the work of God's Son, Jesus Christ, having laid down his life for them. He came at the right time. It came to pass that Christ came to save sinners from their sins. It came to pass that he came into the darkness of this world and was rejected by all, including you and I. It came to pass that we all cried out of him, crucify him, crucify him. It came to pass that he was nailed to a tree. It came to pass that the light of the sun was taken away and there was darkness over the face of the earth. It came to pass that God took all the sins of all his chosen people and laid them upon his son. It came to pass that he was made sin for them. It came to pass that he was guilty, that the curse of the law was poured down down upon him. It came to pass that the father poured down his wrath and judgment upon his own son." It came to pass that in dying in the place of sinners and enduring an eternity in the free hours of darkness, that the faith of Christ was proven. He, as it were, endured for 40 years. In the darkness, he was proven, his faith was proven, his belief and trust that God would deliver his people from their sins came to pass. It came to pass that every one of those sins was blotted out, that Christ's blood was shed, that a spear was thrust in his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. It came to pass that not a bone of his body was broken. It came to pass that he gave up the ghost and cried out, It is finished. And salvation was wrought, righteousness was manifested. He brought in righteousness for all his people. And all those who crucified him, all those sinners who were his, who cried out of him, away with this man, crucify him. All those who were his, whose sins nailed him to the cross, it came to pass that every one of those sins was washed clean by his blood it came to pass that he who was made sin for them made them to be the righteousness of God in him it came to pass that on the third day they with him rose from the grave and were arrayed in royal apparel and ascended with him into the king's house in glory It came to pass that they were brought before their King and Saviour, Jesus Christ, with whom they shall live and reign forever. It came to pass that God sent salvation through his Son, Jesus Christ. And he accomplished it and perfected it and built it and built his temple that it shall reign forever that Christ shall reign in the midst of his people, his temple forever. It came to pass and it comes to pass that he's preaching his gospel today that those for whom he died should hear and should live and should be brought into that place with Esther, with David, with Solomon, with Abraham, with Christ. Has it come to pass that this Saviour in his gospel by his Spirit has passed your way and found you lying in your blood, in your filth, lying in death as he touched you and said unto you, live, come forth, follow me. It came to pass. Salvation is of the Lord. Amen.